Now, InfoTrack continues. Once again, here's Chris Whitting. If you've ever scrolled through the comments posted on some Internet websites, particularly political sites, you've no doubt noticed how hostile and abusive some of the comments can get. Justin Canole is a sociology doctoral student at the University of Arizona, and he was curious as to whether someone's ability to tolerate that hostility might coincide with their level of participation in politics. Justin, welcome. Before we get to the results of your research, tell us how you conducted the study. The data collected was collected on a college campus. So we are talking about college students at a particular college in the southwestern United States. So what were some of the findings from the research? It has to do with political participation with an eye towards online participation. As the Internet and social media becomes this medium through which we communicate with our politicians and our politicians communicate through us, it's really essential for us to understand the factors that drive folks to participate or not. And it's also essential for us to understand what the relationships are between online participation and participation in the real world. Did you find there was a link between people being, I guess, thick-skinned and how much they participate? I did indeed find some patterns here that I think are really important and really make me want to kind of explore this topic further in a setting beyond the college campus. We had about six forms of political participation that exist offline, things such as signing a petition or writing your congressman or city council member, going to a political rally or a speech, attending a town council meeting, or even going to an on-campus speaker. We also look at various forms of online participation. Some of these have offline counterparts, such as writing your congressman or signing a petition, donating money. But others don't, such as engaging in online conversations with your friend about politics or emailing your friend's news articles or funny cartoons or comics you may have encountered online or the simple act of supporting a candidate by putting a Facebook post or a Twitter post in support of one candidate or another. When we pulled those activities apart, we did find that tolerance for incivility had a significant effect on five out of the seven forms of online participation while it only had an effect on one form of offline political participation. Hmm, Interesting. I would imagine the number of people who would post angry comments on the Internet represents a small segment of the total population that's online. Many more people are reading and observing, but they're not engaging. Would you agree with that concept? Well, I think just like any form of participation, there are thresholds that determine whether or not we're going to participate. Something like going to a political rally is going to have a higher threshold for participation. It costs more time. It costs more money. By considering these online forms of participation, we're considering forms of participation that have a lower, what we would call a participatory threshold. It's easier to go online and talk to your friends or comment on a news article that you've read. It's a thing you could do at home from your underwear. That said, there are still barriers between reading that article and posting a comment. Perhaps you have to give some personal information. Perhaps you have to create an account. I don't have numbers on the percentage of people, nationally speaking, that are going to be engaging in these kinds of behaviors, but I would imagine that, yes, more folks are reading than actually commenting. The people who are engaging in these conversations online might be the same people who would have engaged in them in real life. 
we have to ask ourselves the question of whether or not these internet technologies are allowing folks who wouldn't have otherwise had these conversations a platform through which they can share their ideas. And this is an important question for us to answer because there is research out there that shows, amongst young folks at least, people who do engage online in what we would call these participatory politics are five times more likely to vote. So there are connections between what's going on in the internet and what's going on in the real world. And if somebody's tolerance to political incivility is going to affect their propensity to engage in these various forms of participation, it's a question as social scientists that we really need to dig into. We're talking with Justin Canole, a sociology doctoral student at the University of Arizona, talking about this research into tolerance for incivility affecting political participation. Justin, is this information something that a candidate or a political party could perhaps use to their advantage? It's a thing that we must consider. One can only wonder whether a tone or a way of communicating politically can be used as a way to disengage folks. You know, I know anecdotally, and we all have these stories from our own lives, when I came home and talked to my own mother and said, hey, Ma, did you vote? She was disgusted with the whole process. She was just like, you know, this whole thing is just really embarrassing, and I really don't want anything to do with it. As social scientists, we take these anecdotal scenarios, we take these interactions we have with the people in our lives, and we say, hey, do these apply to the world at large? How about a gender difference? Was there a significant difference between the men and the women with this? Previous research has shown that gender does have a substantial effect on forms of participation. I did not find a lot of kind of noteworthy effects based on gender. Traditionally speaking, the social scientists have found that men are more likely to participate in various forms of political participation. Now, that is a trend that has been changing. As I said, SES, or socioeconomic status, is one of the primary drivers of political participation. And women in this country, for the first time, are graduating from university at a rate that's greater than men. And that is absolutely going to play a role in their decision to engage in politics online and off. Justin, as we wrap this up, do you have any last words about the research? And do you plan future research in this area? One of the big questions that we're going to have to answer is, does this apply to a nationally representative sample? We know that young folks are more likely to engage online than older folks. So the fact that we found these trends does mean something. Another interesting finding that really caught my attention was the role that civic skills played. We found across all forms of participation, online and off, the only variable to affect every single form was this civic skills variable that we kind of developed. There's a book out there called American Grace, and it looks about the connections between religion and religiosity and political participation. And they find across religions, when you control for the number of religious friends you have, there's a dramatic effect on political participation. So the frequency with which you go to church and your self-reported religiosity, how religious you report yourself to be, had insignificant effects when you compared it to the number of friends that you have at church that you keep in touch with. These networks that we're enmeshed in have very real effects on our politics and our decisions to act. So when you have people around you asking you to participate, when you have people in these groups and these organizations to which you feel accountable, you're more likely to engage in politics. And when we're talking about political civility, we really need to have a very serious conversation about freedom of speech. Freedom of speech is undoubtedly uh, American ideal. 
even the least legally and politically savvy amongst us are likely to be aware of our right to freedom of speech. And so as we discuss raising the caliber of our online communications, I think it's important to note that we aren't talking about censorship. Is censoring folks likely to increase the civility of political discussions? Sure. (laughs) Is it an American ideal? Absolutely not. As an alternative, I think about a news article I read about a Norwegian local news station, and they just recently enacted a policy where if you want to comment on one of their stories on their website, you must first answer a short quiz to ensure that you understand the fundamental elements of the story. And after you've answered this short little quiz, you are then allowed the right to comment. It'll be interesting to see how something like this might affect the tone or the caliber of our political discussions online. And it'll also be interesting to see what kind of other innovative ways news agencies, tech experts, and academics come up with to raise the caliber of conversation. Fascinating stuff. Justin Canole, sociology doctoral student at the University of Arizona. Justin, thank you so much for joining us today. This was very interesting. Thank you, Chris. You're listening to InfoTrack. The weekly show with information you should know. A production of Syndication Networks of Chicago.